Factories in America and Europe are humming with better-than-expected industrial output figures overnight. And New Zealand's Reserve Bank held interest rates again, but hinted it may have to hike again later this year. That's coming up in our Five Things in Five Minutes. And in our bonus deep dive interview, we talk about how real interest rates will rise, even as policy interest rates are held steady. Adam Boyton. I think it's something that's really potentially quite important for interest rates next year, which is as inflation moderates and incomes continue to rise, real household incomes could pick up and actually lead to a bit of a resumption in consumer spending. But first, in five and five with ANZ, number one, US industrial production rose 1% in July. Now, that was well above consensus at 0.3%. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, explains what's going on here. First of all, utilities output was up strongly because of the heat waves. So demand for air conditioning and that was very strong. But aside from that, the manufacturing sector also rebounded in July, and that was led by strong gains in the auto and auto parts sector output there, rising about 5.2% in the month. But also production of equipment and machinery was up strongly, and that's raising some confidence that maybe we have seen the worst of the downturn in manufacturing at this stage. Number two, another reason for the stronger than expected industrial output is heavy investment triggered by the Inflation Reduction Act in the United States, which provides all sorts of subsidies for investing in renewable energy tech, and the CHIPS Act, which is designed to encourage chip manufacturers to onshore production back in the United States or even into Europe, and to bring it back from China in particular. Here's Brian again. They want to build up their climate capabilities in renewable resources. And all that's feeding into a positive investment uh, backdrop, which inevitably supports manufacturing output over time. Number three, New Zealand's Reserve Bank held its cash rate at 5.5% yesterday. Now, that was expected, but it tweaked its interest rate forecast up by about nine basis points. Here's ANZ's chief economist for New Zealand, Sharon Zollner. So that certainly falls well short of a promise or even a threat to raise rates in the future. But it would seem to tilt the playing field in that direction. And indeed, that is our forecast that they will raise rates again before they're done. But that was an interesting mix because in the statement, the forecasts actually weren't very different to what they were before. Rather, the revision was because they revised up their estimate of what the neutral official cash rate is. Now, that sounds like some technical mumbo-jumbo, but what it boils down to is that they suspect that inflation is becoming more embedded into people's decision-making, their idea of what a good wage increase is or a mortgage rate or what they might be doing with their prices. Number four, Sharon still sees the potential for another rate hike in November just to snuff out some lingering stickiness in domestic inflation. Interestingly, in the press conference, the governor was keen to hose down any suggestion that the small upward revision in the track meant anything about the likelihood of of a hike in the future. He was very careful to leave all his options open. But at the end of the day, the fact that the committee was willing to sign off on a slightly higher OCR track and accept the risk that the market would at least interpret that as a hat tip to the possibility of further hikes, I think that does mean something. Number five, the other big news this week has been overshadowed somewhat by the dramas in China, but we saw Japanese GDP figures for the June quarter showing growth of 6%. Now, that was double market forecasts. It was all about strong exports and weak imports. 
ANZ's Head of FX Research, Marja Benzaman, pinpoints the reason for that and looks ahead to Japanese inflation data due tomorrow. I think a weaker yen obviously tends to support exports more than imports. And that's really what has been played out in this GDP number. Exports have done really well, uh, but on the consumption side or the domestic demand side, the weaker yen is obviously hampering domestic demand. So, you know, when we look at nominal consumption levels, they are above pre-pandemic levels. But then when we look at them on a real basis, they are well below pre-pandemic levels. So we do get the Japan CPI later this week. That will be telling in terms of how the core CPI data is doing, at least for Q2. ANZ's head of FX research, Marja Bin Zaman, there from Sydney. Today, in our bonus deep dive, we look closer at a contest going on all over the developed world in the fight against inflation. That's between real household incomes and real interest rates over the next year or two the result of which is likely to determine just how long interest rates have to stay up. Here's the issue. As inflation falls and wage inflation stays up at elevated levels, there is the potential for that real wage deflation we've seen in the last couple of years turning around into a rise in after-inflation, so that's real, earnings, which could boost household spending. But on the other hand, as inflation falls and the central banks keep their cash rates high at these elevated levels, a plateau, the effective real interest rate, just how tight monetary policy is, there's an effective tightening of monetary policy working against potential for extra household spending. Those two forces are working against each other. I asked ANZ's Head of Australia Economics, Adam Boyton, about this conundrum after some wages data in Australia this week. The wage price index shows uh, annual growth in like-for-like, apples-for-apples, you know, hourly wages of 3.6% when CPI inflation was 6% in the June quarter. How much of a factor on the other side of the equation is this for consumer demand, uh, given this was a real wage cut on the face of it? The wage price index, as you point out, has been showing a really weak trend in real wages for quite some time. That's not necessarily the case, particularly if we look back over the past two or three years and in the measures of wages growth that you get, for example, in the national accounts. Uh, and the other thing I'd say is if I, it's a question of really how do you want to look at that. For example, if I look at, say, the CPI in Q2, it was 0.8. If I look at what the wage price index gave me in point two, it was point eight. So yes, over the past year, there's been a, a fall in real wages as measured by that wage price index CPI comparison. And it's debatable whether or not that's the right way to do it. But if I look at the June quarter, point eight for both. And, and, it, and I think it's something that's really potentially quite important for interest rates next year, which is as inflation moderates and incomes continue to rise, real household incomes could pick up and actually lead to a bit of a resumption in consumer spending, which of course right now is incredibly weak. Do you think then that that growth potentially in real wages could offset the effect of tightening of monetary policy that happens as uh, CPI inflation falls and the cash rate stays up? I don't think it'll completely offset it, but I think it, it's a really important point. Uh, we, uh, like the RBA, are expecting the labour market to soften over the next 12 months, and ordinarily that would be a negative for the household sector. But if that labour market softening, so if that reduction in the pace of employment growth 
is offset by a pickup in real wages, then the impact on the household sector could actually be much more positive than just focusing on employment growth alone would suggest. And indeed, in the updated forecasts that we published toward the end of last week and in the RBA's own forecasts in the August Statement of Monetary Policy, we're, we're looking for a pickup in real household incomes over the next 12 to 18 months. ANZ's Head of Australia Economics, Adam Boyton there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, August the 17th. Catch you tomorrow where we'll find out more about how the Fed is thinking with the release of the FOMC Minutes. And ANZ's Richard Yetzinger takes us behind the big shifts in China this week. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.